You don't like the Drake. I hate the Drake. I love the Drake. How could you not like the Drake? Who's the Drake? Who's the Drake? The Drake is good. Do you like the Drake? I love the Drake. Hello everyone, welcome to Robin, Everyone Loves the Drake comic podcast. This podcast will take a chronological look at the third Robin, Tim Drake. We will be looking at the classic 90s 2000 Robin series and other notable comics with Tim in that era, while also simultaneously taking a look at Tim in the modern era as Red Robin in the pages of DC Comics, plus other Robin and Batman happenings in the world. So sit back, relax, and find out why everyone loves the Drake. Good for them. Love the Drake. Got to love the Drake. I'm impressed. What can I say? I'm irresistible. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this special edition of Robin. Everyone loves the Drake comic podcast. This podcast is brought to you by the BatmanUniverse.net, your home for all things Batman and, of course, Robin. Tim Drake, more importantly. <laughs> uh, this podcast is also associated with Batman on Film with their podcast network, BatmanPodcastNetwork.com. So go check out both podcast networks and give some love to our home site, TheBatmanUniverse.net. You can get a hold of us a few different ways through all the social media outlets. We are on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Everyone Loves a Drake. We are on Twitter at ELTD Podcast. And by now, if you're communicating with us, hopefully you're using the hashtag ELTD Theater to leave your comments about the radio drama that is just getting ready to wrap up. We are also on Instagram and YouTube. Just search Robin Everyone Loves the Drake Podcast. And you can email into the show if you would like to send an audio comment or an audio sample of what you thought of the drama, record that, send it to us, and we will add it into our discussion episode of the radio drama once everything is all wrapped up. You can do that by sending us an email at robineltdpodcast at yahoo.com. I am your host, Rob Myers. Welcome to episode 74 and the conclusion of our radio drama from Detective Comics, A Lonely Place of Living. Ah, it's finally it's finally wrapped up for you guys and it's all said and done. At the time I'm recording this, this is two o'clock PM Eastern Standard Time on April 29th, 2018. So it hasn't been sent out yet. I'm getting ready to send the first episode 71 over to Dustin for you guys to hear on Wednesday. It's hard to believe that it's now down to two days, three days, depending on how you're counting this, to you guys to be able to hear the very first episode. So I really hope you have enjoyed it. And also with this final episode, it is a full staffed house here at the Drake. Uh, Ryan Haas, uh, just due to scheduling and everything like that, wasn't able to join Terrence and I for the first uh, three discussion portions. Ryan is here with us to uh, conclude this. And uh, because of which the three of us were wrapping up our thoughts and feelings, this is going to be a longer episode. Uh, the radio drama still runs at about 15 minutes, a little maybe a little under 15 minutes. But our discussion is pretty lengthy. Uh, we have the credit section in there. And depending at the time I'm recording this right now, 
there is a song by the band Sticks. It's one of their newer songs called The Greater Good that I'm toying with where I'm going to be placing it in the radio drama. I'm thinking right now, uh, right before the credit section, that song to me just kind of wraps up the sum on all the parts of this radio drama and uh, the story of A Lonely Place to Living, at least for me. So uh, I've been putting some of the songs in the radio drama at the end, in the end credits of the podcast as we're doing the sign-off. But this one I think is going to be just in its own, and uh, I really kind of want you to listen to the lyrics. So I guess I'm talking myself right now into putting it immediately right after the drama. (sighs) Um, Again, I've been saying it throughout the uh, podcast that I want to say a big, huge thank you to the entire voice cast that has lent their time and talent. Uh, everybody that you heard, I love all of their individual shows. I, I love listening to them whenever they drop new episodes. And there were so many other shows that I listened to that I was just running out of parts for everyone. Uh, I, I wanted to give every podcaster out there a, a little part to do something with. So thank you to everybody that came in at the last minute to fill in a couple spots. Some people that recorded parts that did not end up getting used, and you will hear bits and pieces of those. Uh, I was telling people I may need some backup parts if somebody else falls in. I don't know when parts are going to come back from a few individuals. So uh, again, a big, big thank you to every single person that lent your time and talents to this. Uh, I, I could not be happier with the way this thing turned out. Um, if if this was the last podcast for Everyone Loves a Drake, this could be our swan song. I'd be completely happy with ending the podcast right here. But I'm not going to. We're not going to. Uh, there's still a long road for us here at Robin. Everyone loves a Drake. And if you have made this journey with us through these four episodes, and this is the first time that you're hearing about Everyone Loves a Drake, we hope you'll stay with us. And I don't know if every episode is going to be this bombastic, but we want to bring and deliver the best possible content we can to you about a Robin that is sadly forgotten now uh in the day and age where people hated damian wayne it's like good the more people that hate damian the higher tim drake star quality is going to go and then something that something cool happened people started to really like damian and then all of a sudden tim got into be this limbo when he was the flag waving character for the batman universe for a very long time and a very popular robin so this podcast is here to shine that light back on tim drake where that light should be. Not that any other Robins or anybody else in the DC Comics is any less important, but I really think that Tim deserves a bigger spotlight than what he's getting, and that's what this podcast is here for. So thank you for making uh, this journey with us. Thank you for discovering this show if this is the first time you're hearing it. And to all those of you that have been with us since the beginning or whatever episode was your first episode, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so very much. I enjoy every single time I get to talk with my brothers, Terrence and Ryan, about our favorite DC comic book character, and that is Tim Drake, Robin, Red Robin, Batman, whomever he is, an OMAC robot creature at the moment. Hopefully, James Tiny will wrap that up. So, uh, I believe at the time this is going to be released, I think James Tinian's run will be over, or maybe the following Wednesday. It will be his final issue. So even at the recording of this right now, we still don't know the end outcome of where Tim Drake is going to fall in uh, DC Comics moving forward. So it's an interesting time, and it's a nail-biting time for some of us. So again, 
Thank you, everybody, for participating in this. Thanks for coming along the journey. And we hope to hear from you guys through your uh, sound clips or your Twitter comments or Facebook or email. Again, thank you very much. So I've rambled on long enough. Let's kick it back over to Dustin one last time to hear Chapter 4 of Detective Comics, A Lonely Place of Living, a radio drama. I really hope you've enjoyed this. Chapter 4. And now, the conclusion of A Lonely Place of Living. Over the Atlantic Ocean aboard the Colony Airship, Ulysses Hardin has a stolen Red Robin costume from the Belfry when they raided it last, trying to interface with the Fallen Hero's security system while sending a not-so-nice email to Colonel Kane. Record message. Draft 73C from Ulysses Hadrian Armstrong to Colonel Jacob Kane. Sir... With all due respect and deference, I need to register a formal complaint. I realize that you and the other members of the colony organization were upset by my actions in Gotham a few months ago. In the heat of the moment, ugly words were thrown around like sadistic, unhinged, and psychotic, that I had an unhealthy obsession with hurting people, and that I was a deranged teenager who was incapable of basic human empathy. My work for the great organization was put into question, and I was removed from weapons development and many of my other day-to-day tasks. I want you to understand that I have hacked into your personal communications, not to threaten you, but to let you know personally and with great sincerity that I hear you, that I have processed these complaints. And while I find them baseless, idiotic, and short-sighted, I am willing to play ball. I'm willing to toe the line. I'm willing to do just about anything to get out from this basic cold monkey work that you could get a half-wit orangutan to. Hmm. End recording. Curious. Very curious. You're receiving a signal. You're interfacing with two other versions of your suit in Gotham City. That shouldn't be possible. Red Robin is supposed to be dead. Brother I is online. Wait, who now? Computer, triple the encryption. Cannot comply. Drone fleet activating. Target Catherine Kane. Batwoman. The Belfry. What? Oh god, the colonel is gonna kill me. I need to tell him. Or, I could finally see what all my toys can do. Back in the Batcave, Batman, Red Robin, Nightwing, Red Hood, and Robin are all fighting Tim Drake's Batman, and he's holding his own against them all. Your actions are pointless, all of you. Brother I already has the weapons I need. You won't get to the Belfry in time to fight back. That woman is already dead. I don't want to hurt any of the rest of you. That's not what I'm here to do. I'm trying to give you something. I'm trying to give you back your lives. Sorry, Timmy, I don't believe in Santa Claus. Jason, you're going to learn in a few years that one of your bones never set right after the Joker killed you. There's a growing, debilitating bone spur in your joint hip. There, I found it for you. You're welcome. Why are you doing this? If things are going so badly in the future, why not just bring us together and show us? Work with us to stop it. Because the problem is bigger than that, Dick. The problem isn't any one of you in particular. Except maybe Damien. Drake! He should be killed on sight for what he does to the poor Kent boy. John! What are you... What you... What's... What's happening to him? I don't have 
have time for this. What you all need to get through your thick heads right now is that Batman is a curse. And when he dies, that curse systematically destroys each of your lives. Just like it already has done for years. You know I'm right, Bruce. You've spent your entire life grappling with that truth. You're really going to stand there and lie to me? Standing is not what I had in mind. <laughs> you can't punch through your guilt. You worry about that every night. That you left each of us more broken than you found us. That your mission was corrosive poison on every person you've ever touched. And you'll die still afraid that was the truth. I know, because you told me on your deathbed. Tell me I'm lying. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> I thought not. After shocking Batman unconscious, Drake Batman turns to the Robins who are all now coming to their feet. He has one more surprise for them. Look, do I need to make it any plainer? I just beat Batman. All I needed to do was lower his concentration with an emotional plea, and I knew he wouldn't be able to react in time. Brother, what's the tachyon charge? 40% at rising. Time's running out then. Clean up, would you? Did he just activate all the Batmobiles? We're gonna have to fight them, aren't we? Yes. Hey, knocked the wheels off one before. How hard can it be? <laughs> Brother I, give me the location of the drone fleet. Approaching the Belfry now. Hmm. In the Belfry, the Gotham Knights are now aware of the impending attack on the Belfry and are bracing for the worst. There's something incoming. I think you've run into these guys before my time here. Yeah. Colony drone fleet. They can level buildings. Last time they got here, Batwing, they killed him. Honestly, Batwoman, I think that's why Tim locked you in. These cells. As long as the door stays shut, I think they survive a hell of a lot more than these guys can offer. Security system compromised. Or not! The security doors holding that one will explode as the drone army enters the Belfry Tower. The rest of you get out of here. I'll hold them off as long as I can. No, Kate. We together. For the order of St. Dumas. The commotion of the Batmobile is being activated. Drake Batman makes his escape to the transport train to the Belfry, with Red Robin chasing him. You know, should have thought of a way to get back to the Belfry without using the transportation system that I built from scratch. Why should I have done that, Tim? I wanted you to follow me. Next stop, the Belfry. I think you're smart enough to know that you wouldn't be able to beat me alone. If you move against me, I'll take you down. But I don't want to do that. What's happening to you? Hypertime is fighting back. The time stream doesn't want to be changed, and I'm changing things, Tim. Or I interact with all of you. The more time asserts itself and is sending me back to where I belong. But if it were impossible, I would be gone already. There's still hope to kill Batwoman and save our future. Uh, I can't allow that. You think Batwoman is your ally? In a few short weeks, she is going to hit exactly 
the shattering point of everything you have built in Gotham. Her actions are the start of a chain of events that lead to me. Ha! You're so young and naive. Do you think it's the lengths I'm willing to go? A difference in morality that makes my future reprehensible? You're wrong. It's your broken heart, your broken spirit. You believe the world can be made better, and I don't believe that anymore. And I want to stop you from becoming me as much as you do. You can have Stephanie. You can go to college, have a full life. That can be all about you. Leave all the ridiculous capes and costumes behind. The responsibility won't have to fall on you any longer. You'll be free, like you haven't been since the day you decided that Batman was losing himself in the wake of Jason's death, and you decided to act. If you don't, Tim, it's going to be you who loses everything. All you need to do is stand out of my way and let me act. The blood won't be on your hands. You can walk away from this clean. Arriving at the Belfry. You know... You know I can't do that! Yes, I do. Goodbye, Tim. The Bat Train arrives at the Belfry. Drake Batman knocks Red Robin unconscious and heads towards the top of the tower. Inside the knights are battling hundreds of the drones. Brother I, cage the center, pause the assault. I would like to finish this myself. I comply. No! Get away from her! A shield begins to form over Drake Abbott and Batwoman. Hello, Kate. Tim, so apparently I'm going to piss you off pretty bad in the future. No, Kate. You disappoint me. You disappoint everyone. I used to think so highly of you. You know I was the one who told Batman you would be the perfect choice to run the Belfry? It's the confidence in your voice, the way you hold yourself day to day. It hides that you have no idea to what you're doing, no idea to who you are or how to shape your mission to help anyone but yourself. You destroy people, Kate. That's all you've ever done, piece by piece. But it's over now. Not yet. A batarang hits Drake Batman's gun as the shield collapses and Red Robin enters the room. How are you doing this? I built these computers. Brother I, take back control. Yeah, then I rebuilt them. Your younger self just funneled all of the control of the base into my subsystems, not yours. Brother I has no power in the Belfry. He'll be able to hack through in another ten minutes or so, but from what I hear, you don't have that long. No! I can still do this. No, you can't. Brother I, listen to me. Bring down this building now. I'm sorry, Tim. Batman? Outside the Belfry, Batman and the Robins are airborne in bat planes and have begun to take out the drone army.
You infected all of my vehicle's computer systems, but you didn't account for the older models. Stay information, everyone. Take each of the drones down. We can't risk one surviving the attack. Look, I'm not going to lie. I used to have dreams about doing this. I was pulling off equivalent stripes when I was still in diapers. So, like a week ago then? Crowbar. Lab brand. Boys, focus. He's starting it. Damien. Father. Ugh. Drake Batman stands to his feet and runs to the large window to see the drone army destroyed. No. Nightwing to Red Robin, the coast is clear. Let's finish this. No. I'm done fighting. Red Robin stands next to his older self. You don't think I don't know there's a cost? I do. I've lost a lot of friends. I've lost teammates. I've watched cities burn and people die. No matter what we do... There will always be a cost, and it will always hurt. But I still remember what Batman and Robin meant to me before I was in this life, and I know what they mean to so many people in Gotham and around the world. They say it doesn't matter who you are. You can stand up and make the world better. I don't think that life has to be lonely. I think that life can be whatever you make of it. You could bring people into it to lift you up and make you stronger. You can be a full person. This whole building was our dream. It can still be our dream. It won't work. None of this is going to work. You're going to see it all fall apart in your hands, and it's going to destroy you. Drake Batman can no longer stop the phasing from happening and is pulled back to his future, but not before leaving some final words for his younger self. System compromised. Retracting program to core suit computer. Must return central system to reconstitute. Preparing to re-enter time stream. Brother, I just stopped fighting my defenses. It's retreating into his suit. Of course, everything's going back to where it belongs. Including me and you. Hold on tight, Tim. As tight as you can to every moment. Because this will all be over sooner than you can imagine. Now Red Robin stands alone in front of the broken windows of the Belfry as the rest of the team comes to join him. Tim, Tim, are you there? Is he gone? Is it over? Tim! Stranded on this star 
But we're not here to take a prize You know, just open up your eyes The things that got us here have little weight Perhaps a chance to be a man You dream to be, you know you can Come on, suit up and we won't let you fail
This has been a TBU and ELTD production. All sound clips and music belong to their respected copyright holders. These are used for illustration and narrative purposes only. No copyright infringement is intended. Tim Drake and all related Batman characters are the property of DC Comics. And now, the cast of A Lonely Place of Living. This is Dustin Fritchell, Senior Editor of the TheBatmanUniverse.net and one of the hosts behind the Batman Universe comic podcast, and I played the narrator. Hey now, this is Bill Jet Ramey from the website Batman on Film, and I play the part of the narrator in this production. I am Michael Bailey, and I played Mr. Oz, a.k.a. Jorel. Spoiler warning! And I am the proprietor of the Fortress of Baileytude podcasting network! which is the home of It All Comes Back to Superman, The Overlooked Dark Knight, and other shows. I'm Andrew Leyland, and I played Alfred Pennyworth. Oh. I'm Andrew Leyland, and I played Michael Caine as Alfred Pennyworth. I can be heard on the Fantastic Cast, Palace of Glittering Delights, Hey Kids Comics, and The Overlooked Dark Knight with Michael Baylor. I also do Listen to the Prophets with Bill Robinson and Paul Spataro, which is a Deep Space Nine podcast. My name is Justin Kowalski. I am the host of the Let's Go podcast and the Let's Go comic show. I am also part of the Batman on Film podcast. And in this adaptation of A Lonely Place of Living, I am portraying Bruce Wayne and Batman. Hi, my name is Ash Ramon Kowalski, and I'm eight years old, and I'll be playing the voice of Damian Wayne, also known as Robin. My name's Alpha Nine Five. This is Andy DiGenova. I played Nightwing, and I am from Holy Batcast. So you can check out Holy Batcast at holybatcast.com, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, all those places. But most importantly, you can find Holy Batcast wherever you download your podcasts. My name is Matt Ritchie from the Let's Go Comic Show, and I play the part of Red Hood. Bringing you the voice of Batwoman has been Olivia Mullins, also known as Automatica over on YouTube, where you can catch me reviewing action figures, talking about comics, and all sorts of other assorted geekery. Salwete. This is Stella from Backworld Oracle, the Barbara Gordon podcast. And I played Stephanie Brown, a.k.a. Spoiler. Yo, my name's Donovan Grant. I played Luke Fox, also known as Batwing, in this audio drama podcast. I run a show called Questions We Have No Answers that can be found on QNOAnswers.com. It's a kind of a social, political, sort of like, you know, talk of the week show about the things that really matter that I co-host with my friend and podcast co-host. Harry and shoot. Um, I also write for the BatmanUniverse.net. I've appeared several times and will continue to appear several times on the Backworld Oracle podcast hosted by Stella. And I've written uh, various reviews, articles, and essays. You can find my name, Donovan Grant, kind of check out what I've done, including an ongoing, as of this moment, uh, essay series on the character of Tim Drake and his history leading up to the end of the Red Robin run, which has about two more essays left to come out. Thank you for listening to this podcast, and uh, enjoy. Hello, this is Rick Shu from Batman on Film, and I am Clayface. Tonight, the part of Brother Eye was played by the Irredeemable Shag of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. There you can hear me on shows such as Aquaman and Firestorm, Who's Who, JLI, the Bwahaha Podcast, Digest Cast, and many more. My name is Stuart Murray, and I played Ulysses Armstrong. 
I can be found on youtube.com forward slash stewmurray47 or on Instagram and Twitter simply at stewmurray47. Tonight the part of Superman was played by Todd and Al. I'm Ruth and I played Commissioner Montoya and the nurse. And I'm Darren and I played the doctor. We're from the Rad Adventures Podcast Network, which features shows including Trekker Talk about 23rd century bounty hunter Mercy St. Clair from the Trekker comics by Ron Randall. Xenozoic Xenophiles about the Cadillacs and Dinosaurs series Xenozoic Tales by Mark Schultz. And Warlord Worlds about the comics of Mike Grell, including The Warlord, John Sable, and Green Arrow. You can find our shows on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And find all of our episodes at RadAdventuresNetwork.com. Thank Thank you, Robert. Robert. Hi, I am Monica from Crossover University, and I play Betty Kane. Hey, I'm Al from Crossover University. I play Drone One. Hey, I'm Anthony from Crossover University, and I played Red Hood. Hey, I'm Eric from Crossover University. I played a doctor. This is Ryan Haas reading for the part of Jean-Paul Valet, or Azrael, the Avenging Angel. Terrence O'Neill, I played Anarchy. I can be found on the Robin Everyone Loves the Drake podcast, the Batman and Robin Eternal Volume 2 podcast, and hopefully sometime in 2018 I'll have the Jason Todd Toddcast podcast up and running. And I am Rob Myers, the host and founder of Robin Everyone Loves the Drake comic podcast. I, of course, voiced Tim Drake, a.k.a. Red Robin, Tim Drake, a.k.a the Batman of Tomorrow, and you might not know, I also voice Doomsday a little bit. So uh, you can find me, obviously, on this show, Robin, Everyone Loves the Drake, but Terrence and I have a new show, and I get to play co-host on that one, our newly launched Batman and Robin Eternal podcast. So uh, we created the second podcast as a way to give us a chance to talk a little bit more broader if we want to talk about Damien or Jason or Dick or just something else broader in the Batman universe where maybe it doesn't necessarily fit into this comic podcast it gives us a little chance to spread our wings a little bit so it's just been released on itunes and i think it's going to start to fall out to the other ones like stitcher google hangouts windows media and all those various outlets so again thank you very much for listening to this radio drama production and uh i I don't know maybe there'll be something in the future there's nothing on the table right now that's not a hint hint wink wink i think i'm gonna go sleep for the next three months so thank you very much i hope you've enjoyed this take care god bless All right, well, that is the completion of the radio drama. And in real time, it is not finished yet, but... That was awesome. Be, yeah, that was great. So you guys are going to be... <laughs> Terrence and Ryan are like, this is the greatest thing. Or, Rob, that was a complete suck fest. We, we won't know till about a month from now. But I, that's doubt, the complu- I doubt the later part, because from the, from the parts that you've sent us, it's been really, really awesome so far. So oh, uh, yeah. I can't wait to hear the whole thing. Yeah. And I've got to do a little... Uh, Tweaking it, actually, at the time that we're recording this part, I'm actually starting 968. Um, Can I ask you a question? I know go for it. <laughs> you just off camera here, or off mic, you just planned everything, and now I'm completely doing the opposite. But uh, one thing I've, I've been impressed with from the clips you've, you've sent me is the music. Where did you get the music? Is it is it a hodgepodge of things? Did you write some yeah, of it? it? Where's the music It's from? a hodgepodge. Uh, I mean, with everybody listening to this, I can say this now, but Terrence and Ryan are hearing this for the first time, so bear with me. A lot of it I was trying to not necessarily use 
Batman music that you're like, oh, that's that's Batman '89. There are some things when uh, Tim meets Mister Oz for the first ni- time and he descends into mystery. That's Batman '89 when Vicky Vale is in the Batmobile with Batman for the first time and they're traveling yeah. down the uh, road. So the some forest, of those are yeah. in there. Um, I used a lot from the Arkham video games of just different things that. If you kind of know your Batman video game stuff, you'll go, oh, that's from such and such. But I tried to pick some more obscure things, and then um, I've got a lot of animated series music and even just the normal, um, like the animated film, uh, Batman, uh, a Batman and Son film. There's some little bits and pieces I put in there. So I tried to make it not too noticeable, but the uh, Tim Drake Batman theme is the Batman versus Superman theme. So <laughs> uh, when you're hearing him come down, it's the whole dun, 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 yeah, that that whole thing. So I thought that was kind of, you know, since that Batman's carrying a gun, it kind of made <laughs> made a little bit more sense. And Justin's Batman theme is the Hans Zimmer uh, Dark Knight theme. So I kind of wanted to kind of keep some of those thematic elements there. So that's where some of the music went. I didn't want to do too much that was on the nose. I kind of wanted to, if you knew your soundtracks well enough, you could pick out those things, but I didn't want you to kind of really, you know, kind of go, Oh, that's from BVS or, Oh, that's from uh, Batman forever or wherever. So I tried to keep them kind of low key the best I could. Cool. We have Ryan here with this, which uh, a lot of us scheduling, trying to get all this set up. So I kind of want to go through just the, a quick overview and get some of Ryan's first impressions of kind of your initial thoughts of, this is going to be called a lonely place of living. How much did you think they were just going mm-hmm. to ape, ape the title of it? Uh, was it going to play mm-hmm. as much as a companion piece kind of sort of to a lonely place of dying and kind of what your first initial thoughts were kind of like seeing some of the artwork that is a direct, uh, direct homage to the original. Cool. Yes. Yeah, this is going to be a cool way to do this. So I remember when they announced it, we, we were all very excited about it. Um, not just because it's a Tim Drake story, but we know that it's a, a tiny and Tim Drake story, and he has such reverence for the character. And we were just excited about seeing where he was going to go with it because we knew that Tim was going to come back eventually, but we didn't know how. And to see that it's, you know, that it was named a lonely place of living just hyped us up even more. And I remember we just read a lot of interviews and things beforehand uh, before it coming out and and for me i just felt very confident that it was going to be uh a companion piece to a lonely a spiritual companion piece rather i guess uh from a lonely place of dying and just a kind of another good story that shows uh tim drake's importance uh in the batman canon and i think that's what we got essentially uh, what did you think about, we've all kind of complained on this show, uh, the New 52, uh, Terrence, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but a lot of the New 52 was just change for the sake of being change, and Tim right. got the biggest change where he was Tim Drake in name they made only, him terrible. Ba- yeah. barely, so having... Terrence and I were trying to figure out, well, it's a retcon, but is it a re-retcon or a <laughs> unredo? Seeing the classic origin being front and center in this story in the very beginning, uh, what did that just kind of say to you about Tinian's writing and just the overall theme of where this story was going to go? Well, when you call something a lonely place of living, to, to have it be in a continuity where a lonely place of dying didn't really happen is kind of, you know, not a great idea. So, and 
um, I'm glad that Tinian didn't do that. And, and I'm sure that that was his plan all along. Is like, I'm going to put that, you know, it's an opportunity for him to put, to right the wrongs of the new 52, what it did to <laughs> Tim Drake, you know, and reading it, we, we all know the Tim Drake's messed up redo origin in the new 52. And I, and I was more than happy to get that out of the way. When rebirth happened, we all knew that it was almost like, when the new 52 happened where they just would tell us something, something, lots of things are different and you'll just find out what those thing, different things are as you read the books, which is also keywords for, we don't really know what's different <laughs> yet right. until we, until we figure just stuff, stuff's changed again. It happened again. But so we knew that, but the, but the goal for the new 52 was to be different and accessible. And the rebirth goal was to kind of reset things to, to honor the history of the characters and get back to a lot of the, the core aspects of things that make these characters work in the first place. And one of the thing, one of the key core components of Tim Drake is wrapped up in a lonely place of dying. And because that kind of got thrown out for the new 52, <laughs> right. along with the rest of Tim Drake, it was a more than pleasant surprise to see the callbacks to a lonely place of dying at the beginning of the story in 965. So to me, that was an acknowledgement that that did happen. I mean, maybe not exactly how it happened right. in, in the original version, but enough of it to where the the bulk of the story uh, still made sense. Like, is that supposed to be KGBs at the front? Because it doesn't really look like him, and I couldn't. No, really, I, but I knew that's what it was. I figured that's the part in the story of what it was supposed to yeah, be in the original. Yeah. yeah, and I can't remember what that character's name was. I think that was we, we see him on the dam. He falls off the dam, and I think that, he, that's it. The last we see. Yeah, him. exactly. Yeah. But but for me, just introducing the story with that, it, it it gets you in a good spot, knowing that yes, we care about Tim Drake again. This story is going to be a reflection of that, and in not just in name, but also in, and not just in spirit, but also in continuity going back to where it needs to be, which is a great thing because that's what the story itself is also about. (laughs) Yeah. Right. As you get deeper into the, into the narrative. So, um, speaking of that, we'll save the other Tim Drake for a second. One of the other two, uh, components that Terrence and I talked about and Terrence is here. You've just heard him, <laughs> uh, but, uh, Jor-El, we had speculated for a while yeah. of who Mr. Oz was and was it really Jor-El? So, uh, Terrence had pointed out last time that if you were reading action comics, it is definitely a hundred percent Jor-El. So it, were you reading action and detective? I know you kind of uh, had a, Rob, a nice little, yeah, Rob, nothing yeah. in comics is ever 100%. Just <laughs> FYI. <laughs> it can always it's be. Def- Tim Drake is definitely dead. Yes. <laughs> Mr. Mixelplex or hey, just ignore those issues. So. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's 99.9% so of this yeah. recording. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, I'm not re-recording the intro. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The recording is over. Then DC has just announced that, oh, it's not Jor-El. It's really Bob Cath. Go wait, you know, or whatever. Well, because Superman universe may be getting some huge changes in the next, you know, right. couple exactly. issues so, as we have this like uh, mini series coming up and who knows what's going to happen to Lois and John. And so, yeah, who knows? Well, Detective itself, I mean, once right. this arc is over, it's an end of an era. I hope that they make... You guys hope for this? I hope that they have like a whole tiny and detective omnibus or something. That's oh, this I entire... Do. I do, too. Yeah. I mean, I've yeah. I've bought, you know, obviously all the single issues, and I've bought a couple of the trades. If they put out a, a, a tiny and 
omnibus type of thing. I'll, I'll buy that in a heart because I think this yeah. has been really well. So just kind of uh, talk on just quickly Jorel, and I guess the bigger thing I want to get uh, from yeah. you before we get into the last book is uh, Tim Drake Batman and the road that if if you follow Tim's path to its logical conclusion, does he end up as this type of Batman because there was no one else? So just talk on Jorel real quick and, yeah. and uh, Tim Drake Batman. So I have yet to read the Oz effect, although I have all the issues. Once once Nora uh, was born, I just kind of my comic book reading for some reason took a gigantic nosedive. <laughs> but I still kept getting the issues, and I still have all those really cool Oz effect cut lenticular covers and That's everything. Cool. But uh, but yeah, I I got spoiled on the identity of him pretty pretty quickly. I think like the week, the first, the the moment he was ident- revealed, somebody told me, "Oh yeah, it's Jorel and blah blah." I'm like, "Oh well, no point in me trying to catch up now." So, <laughs> but uh, so I knew who it was uh, from the start, and it and it reads that way in the book, almost as if it's a throwaway thing. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm Jorel, blah blah blah. Um, reading comics as long as I have, it was it felt very much lo- as if. I know this is a part of a different story and they're just throwing this in here just so just giving you just enough information so you won't be confused <laughs> right, right on what's happening um but it was obviously yeah, if you want to find out more about this you need to read a different uh <laughs> a different story and then so. uh Tim Drake uh Batman yeah so my my initial question was is this supposed to be the the Batman of tomorrow Tim Drake Batman from Jeff John's Teen Titans run? Yes. Actually, I think the way that the story plans out that this is kind of your Back to the Future, don't get crazy about time traveling discussion, that the Tim Drake Batman that meets our rebirth Tim Drake Batman says, I I remember meeting an older version of myself talking to me about all this. So that Tim Drake from 2000 met an older version of Tim Drake. So the Tim Drake Robin... That well, hold on, hold on. Let me see if I can follow this. Yeah, the 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 Tim Drake Batman in a lonely place of living. Yes. tells us that he met when he was a kid. Right, the bat version of Batman f- that he saw in the Teen Titans run. Correct. Oh yeah. man, so there's so there's two Batmans. And to yeah. give a, a little spoiler, so if you don't want to hear spoilers, you know, three, two, one. If you read the Super Sons of Tomorrow storyline, which was in, I think, Superman and Super Sons and, Correct. and Teen Titans, um, at, at t- the Batman Tim Drake becomes savior in that. Right. But then you also have the Jeff Johns Teen Titans in that as well. So, like, Cassie... And Superboy and uh, Impulse. Although I, was he Kid Flash then? Uh, was it um, he, he Bart was Allen? Bart yeah. Allen, yeah. They're they're like future self, and they're trying to pull Tim back into their time. So it that was kind of more of a um, definite of like he's from not just the future, but from some kind of alternative timeline as well. Yeah, because they even make mention that they're. Um, he remembers an echo of this conversation. You know, the events still happen, but they're different. So kind of let it right. Go. And the fact that he knew um, Connor Kent too mm-hmm. made me think that oh, maybe is is this the one, is this the Tim from the Jeff Johns run? Yeah, that's what. Maybe. So if your head but, hurts after that, <laughs> yeah, that's so comics for you. But just just the simple narrative device of having Tim Drake become Batman 
in a bad way, in an alternate version, uh, I found to be a very, you know, poignant and, and effective, very effective, you know, linchpin for the whole story because it gives the whole team an adversary. It gives Tim Drake a something to look at in terms of where his life could go wrong. Um, and Tim Drake as a character for years, always, we've always had this question when he was first created, well, is he going to be Batman? Uh, the, 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 the prevailing thought in my mind was that he's the smartest of them. He, of course he could be Batman. He, he, he could, he's the only one that could match Batman on a, on a detective level. But over the years, since we've had additional Robins and additional partners come into place, Tim Drake's, place and purpose in the entire Batman canon continues to be questioned much in the way that he's in the same kind of spot that, um, you know, Dick Grayson has been in many times before, you know, as, as, as the original Robin, you, he keeps needing to be, uh, refreshed and reanalyzed and, and Tim is no different. So this is a really good, uh, foil for him because we've always keep hearing about how smart Tim is and how, He's going to be supersede Batman as a detective, and now we get to see that in play, but in a bad way. And the and the way that they foreshadow things that are to happen later in in the the book, I think, was also a, a nice touch. Well, yeah, and of, uh, I just do want to give everybody one more spoiler in that Super Sons <laughs> at at the end of the last issue, uh, the older Tim Drake gives his younger self a, a sports almanac with all the. Um, <laughs> gray sports almanac, but then Dr. Brown saves it from him. So, yeah. <laughs> but it does, uh, you guys read, well, I guess, Ryan, you're you're not on this here. The um, Batman Eternal? Yeah. I'm, I'm not cut up, no. I won't spoil it, but there's some stuff going on in that where you wonder, like, why doesn't the older self just tell him these things? Because it's pretty shocking and dramatic. But, um, I guess there is a, a scene in this where we'll get to where Nightwing does say to him, like, why don't you just tell us? And he's like, I, I don't have time or something like that. But, yeah, the Batman Eternal uh, storyline going on in Detective, as we record this at the end of April, which by the time this airs will probably be over, um, right. does actually kind of build upon Lonely Place of Living. And it is it is, it is is pretty cool. And some of the future scenes of, not to spoil it, but the future Batman, the future Bruce Wayne Batman has like the old classic uniform with the, right. the circle, the oval. In, in uh, We also saw that in Doomsday Clock. In Doomsday Clock, yeah. Yeah, so I, I wonder if DC is planning a return or that's just a coincidence. Yeah, they got to get him there for Detective 1000, don't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's just crack this thing open. In Detective Comics uh, 968, I uh, can't believe that you know by the time we record this, we're only down to a handful of issues left in the month of May. Uh, the final chapter of A Lonely Place of Living. I'm reading this out of the trade, and I believe the other two guys are reading this out of uh, the single issues. Um, yes. It, it's funny going through this for the radio drama, and if we would have... Re- done this when these issues had first come out now hindsight is 2020 I, going through this i'm like oh the thing with clayface has already happened and ulysses armstrong yeah. is is already kind of manipulating tim through hooking up his costume here and the in the drone ship which this single page in the opening of the book seems like a complete throwaway thing like okay this seems like a totally random two-page thing we have here but if you're currently reading detective comics right now you know how big and important this thing is uh yeah with it, brother i in here 
it's like uh, it's like a Chuck Dixon issue where yeah. nothing is wasted and everything makes sense or is leading up to something in the future, even if it seems like it's not at the time. Yeah. I, I think that's the biggest thing that I would want to reread the whole detective run once it's complete uh, from James. Yeah. Cause he was, he was playing a long, long game here. Um, it's it's funny you say that. I had that same thought last night reading. I'm like, I, I want to reread the whole thing from start to finish, but, um, <laughs> I know you've got the trade, but did you want to mention the cover, which is very oh, familiar yeah. to, to Tim Drake fans? I, yeah. I can't believe I let this cover go by. This this cover <laughs> and 965 um, are the two that are definitely uh, straight-up homages to uh, George Perez's original covers from A Lonely Place of Dying. Uh, this one with Tim Drake uh, coming right at front center. He's swooping in, throwing a batarang. Looks a little battered and beaten from... Uh, his time uh, being held captive, but having Batwoman, Batman, and spoiler in the background and having the huge bat signal light was just a big moment for us Tim Drake fans. Like, here's the new Robin. And then now, kind of juxtaposing that to where we are here, like, here's Tim Drake. It's Is it the same Tim Drake that we know? Like, how how is Tim going to change and be different once this story and the whole detective comic arc wraps up, it was big to see Tim on the front and center on a cover again, um, almost by himself. So I just kind of want you to talk to you guys about uh, the cover. Let's start with Terrence. Yeah, I think we we saw this cover like in previews and stuff before it yeah. came out, and immediately it jumped out like that's Batman four four two, you know. And um, mm-hmm. the first time you ever saw Tim Drake in a Robin costume, and and Robin is kind of back, and I think it it symbolizes that same message of robin's back you know or in this case tim drake's back and and i just think it's pretty awesome ryan yeah it's not it's not just oh cool tim drake's on a cover it's tim drake is on a cover in the finale of a of a story that's an homage to one of the best stories featuring him his original introduction story and it's it's like a great companion piece bookend whatever you want to call it to that and just to see him you know back and here and Obviously, he's been through a lot, <laughs> yeah. uh, and and an homage to that cover is 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 just just a great way to to celebrate Tim Drake as a character, and it, it it's it couldn't be more badass. Something I like. We've already kind of talked about Ulysses here in the beginning. If you know, reading this at the time, it wasn't a whole lot of information, but we know that it is kind of now. But the the bigger thing in this book is the fight sequence that takes place in the Batcave between. Batman and all the Robins and Tim Drake Batman and this is one of this is the only book I think since Rebirth where all the primary members of the Bat family are in one space at one time. You may get Dick and Damien yeah. doing something and Red Hood and Tim maybe appear together in a panel or two, but this has been the first book uh in Rebirth where they're all working together as one cohesive unit and ironically taking on Poor some- Batgirl. Oh, yeah, oh, and no bat and no bat girl. Yeah, she wouldn't be till a little later. Uh, but uh, all of the robins in one space at one time. I think I thought was really cool in this. Just kind of seeing them all fight. Terrence and I said it last time. I'm sure you have the same thought of where Tim says, you know, I've been taking uh, uh, training uh, computer courses, course uh, computer simulations of all the robins, and I've worked out each of your moves. That we wanted a a full issue of just. Tim Batman just taking down all the Robins, and I don't think we quite get that. I don't know if there was an issue that he, they probably could have squeezed in here somewhere of just a, a big knockdown, drag out fight. I would have liked to have seen a little more. So, just kind of want to get you guys' uh, take on the fight here between each of the 
uh, Robins that uh, Tim Drake Batman is fighting and just the, the little nuances that he says and something I think is funny with Damien that he says, you know, Damien should be killed on sight for what he does to the uh, Kent boy and then, you know, he takes Damien out really well and uh, the little move that... Uh, which is uh, which is really odd because yeah. in Super Sons, the whole storyline is that Tim Drake, future Tim Drake, is going trying to kill Jonathan Kent because he's going to blow up one day <laughs> and destroy a city and it's like, hello, go get him help, bring him to the moon, you know, like... <laughs> Is that right. Superman? Like you could fly him to Mars for for crying out loud, and have him, you know, have his explosion there. It is it, just a weird kind of underpinning for that storyline. But I, I kept thinking about that that quote the whole time I was reading that Super Sons. So, sorry to interrupt you, but yeah, no, no, and I, I that that was something too that James is writing this, and uh, Tomasi was doing that one. So it, it almost sounds like lines got crossed somewhere that. I almost got the impression that Tomasi thought he knew where James was going, but not quite. So it's, mm-hmm. it seems a little disjointed in that story. Uh, I just, just put it to, to temporal temporal differences. You know, yeah. it probably happened something some different way <laughs> to yeah, this Tim right. Drake version of Batman. Uh, and just the this last little bit I wanted to add here, where Tim says, uh, "There's a debilitating groan spur in your upper joint." There, I found it. You're welcome. Kind of hits uh, Jason with it. So I kind of want to get you guys to talk about the fight between Tim Drake, Batman, and the Robins. Let's start with Ryan. I love that moment when he just like takes out Red Hood because. That's a very Batman asshole Batman thing to do, <laughs> right. but but it's but it's kind of that perfect point of of Tim knowing everything. He's planned for this. He knows what happened. He it, he knows more about the the people than they know about themselves at the current moment because he knows everybody's futures. I mean, it's 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 good. I do feel like there's sh- the st- the storyline altogether four issues. I do think that a fifth issue would have helped pad it out mm-hmm. because as it stands it it does read like one giant 80 page giant and i, I and it, it's the story's so good i just wished it could have been maybe an extra issue just to kind of pad it out a little bit more to to, to embellish it a lot a, a little bit more because i like the story so much and to that end the, the fight we the fight between them all is just a few pages but what we do get is pretty dense um just being able to take down all the all the robins because it leads into uh, Tim Drake Batman fighting Bruce Wayne Batman. Yeah, uh, and I love the I, I love the artwork on um, the pages aren't numbered, but it's the page the same page where um, Batman hits the Red Hood in his bone spur. The the artwork of the future Tim Drake being like ripped from the time stream is mm-hmm. so good. It's hard to tell what's like computer, what's pencil, what's coloring, but it, it's just a really awesome effect. There's like shadows of the bat mask all around. I just love that. That was so cool. And then I do like how future Tim Drake takes down Batman by kind of like exposing his most vulnerable secrets and then, uh, you know, getting, getting him close and just getting that one, one second edge on him. And there's a line when um, Tim Drake, uh, uh, future Tim Drake, starts all the Batmobiles, and Nightwing is like, "He did he just activate all the Batmobiles?" And Red Hood says, "Hey, I knocked the wheel off one before. How hard could it be?" That was like, great. That yeah. was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's a scene I have yet to edit. I'm trying to figure in my head as we were talking, like, how am I going to pull that off? So, and that's something. This these last couple issues, uh, even though it's like a heavy, like a heavy dramatic drama story or whatever, there's a lot of nice little funny moments in here that only 
people that love this much Batman history, you know, it, it, these little perfect moments of Batman history to coming back as, as fun little moments. And especially we get some more of that towards the end of the issue. So little things like that make, make the story that much more fun to read. Uh, something that I noticed here that as much as I've been reading these books over and over again, the past five months or so, I didn't realize after Tim, Drake Batman shocks Bruce that he's holding on to him by the cape and he's kind of smoldering uh, while uh, the two Robins and Nightwing and Red Hood are looking at him right before uh, Brother says 40% and rising, that there's like a smoldering Batman. He's holding him by the uh, cape. I was like, this <laughs> this Batman is a dick, <laughs> dick <laughs> yeah. Batman. He just shocked the ever-living crap out of Bruce and is holding on to him like a rag doll before the Batmobiles. I, I had never noticed that in the whole time I've been putting this whole thing together. Well, you know what's great, though, that uh, Tinian does with the... Uh dialogue of future tim is you really get the sense that future tim feels like it's bruce's fault that bruce has ruined the lives of him and jason and maybe not damien so much but (laughs) but dick by bringing them in and that they would have been better off if he would have just left them alone and as a reader you're kind of like nah that that's not true but then it, it he builds it and builds it where you're kind of doubting. You're kind of wondering like, well, what, what is that? Is that true? Is that true? And that's that's great <laughs> when a when a writer can can put those seeds of doubt in your mind and make you think maybe the villain's right. Like I know when I watched the dark. Well, yeah, Knight, give that when give yeah. the villain a plausible right reason for what he's doing rather than just being evil. Yeah, exactly. And- I'm like ha ha ha. I'm gonna blow up the world. When I watch the Dark Knight and I'm listening to the Joker, I'm always like the Joker's right. He's correct. You know, especially yeah. that it's all part of the plan speech in the hospital with Harvey Dent. I'm like he is so right. Like if people hear that you know 50 people died in Syria, everyone's like yeah, no big deal. It's part of the plan. That happens all the time there. You know. Five people die down the street, everyone loses their mind, you know, and, and it's like the Joker's right, you know, and uh, it's why, like, why is the world so twisted that way? And here I'm thinking, like, maybe, maybe future Tim's right, maybe they should all just leave. So it's, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome that Tinian can do that. Well, and it's also coming from a beloved character that has been waving the bat flag of how important Batman is or how important Robin is to Batman, and here's that same character. Of- further down the road potentially that's going no i was wrong i I was completely wrong the whole entire time you you ruined everything it was a mistake for me trying to convince dick so as a fan of tim you go tim wouldn't act like that but given the circumstances that potentially influence this version of tim drake like you said you're right it is like i don't want to agree with him but by the end of the story you're going maybe um, right, and and that's something too. If you know this story is kind of a, a spiritual successor kind of thing to a lonely place of dying, and and a lot of the elements and the story beats reminded me of of what Scott Snyder did a few years ago with uh, a death of the family, you know, building off of a death in the family mm-hmm. about about uh, you know is Batman really doing the right thing by including so many people. And is is he affecting their lives for the for the better or for the worse? And and this gets repeated in here somewhat, but it gets used in a, in a completely different way. And I thought that was a pretty good, pretty interesting use of that uh, story beat. And you know what's great too in this story? Sorry to cut you off, Rob. No. It, Tinian really has 
show without with not without a lot of panels and a lot of screen time, he really gives Bruce Wayne a humanity in this and Batman a humanity. Like that 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 idea that Batman would even think about that and contemplate like, am I doing what's best for the kids? Not just yeah. they're they're yeah. part of my war on crime and I use them. And then especially and I was gonna talk about this later, but I'll mention it now. Later on when they're flying the planes and uh, he 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 says, "All right, boys, focus." Like whenever Batman just calls the Robins boys or my boys, uh, I King does yeah. that in, in the the Batman yeah. run, especially with the I Am Bane storyline. Like that, I don't know. That just almost sends goosebumps <laughs> down, down me. Like yeah. it's so cool. It's like such a sense of family and caring, and and just uh, you know, for for a character who was you know orphaned at a young age and now is you know adopting these kids. It's it's just such a cool. Uh, you know, thing that as a fan, you just you love that there's these depth to these characters because some some stories don't have those. But but he he he, knows, yeah. he does it without like hitting you over the head with it and dropping an anvil on you. And there's not five pages. No, there's action happening around it too, right, yeah. and it and it and it's all tied into the story. And that's the thing that made me the, the other part of that that I've noticed is. Uh, speak launching off of your point, Terrence, is that this story, especially at the beginning goes through the idea that uh it's also this is part of tim's plan too is that he he constructed this uh gotham knights type of team so batman would have a bunch of allies because he feels like he needs them and it plays off of tim think knowing that batman needs robin but not just that he needs other people and what's and what's cool to see is through this story we we learn that Tim also needs that too, and we see what happens when he doesn't have that <laughs> right. in, the, in the form of the future, the future Batman. Uh, speaking of the Knights, talking about a, a fifth issue would have really helped flush some things out. Not that it was poor, uh, but the Gotham Knights and poor Ryan had to write a couple extra lines of dialogue because <laughs> Azrael's only line in this was yeah. no. So just a couple little throwaway lines I had to give Ryan, like, "Hey, I'm going to give you some stuff that's not in the script." But um, I really. And again, a good testament to the writing. I wanted more of Batwing. I wanted more of Clayface and Orphan uh, in Azrael. I wanted some more Tim and Azrael interaction, going, just having done a whole bunch of Nightfall uh, recently. And I hey, uh, what, once again, I won't spoil anything, but I can't wait till Ryan reads um, Batman <laughs> Eternal to see what they're doing with oh, Azrael. Yeah. I'm really curious oh, as to man. what you think of I can't wait the direction for this of Azrael. Azrael. Yeah. I I know Azrael's going to be in a dang uh, Justice League book, and I that's crazy, but that's awesome, you know. Yeah. Just to think, like if you told me like five or six years ago that, oh yeah, you know Azrael, he, he's going to be part of the of uh, one of the Justice League books, I'd be like, what? Azrael part of the Justice League? <laughs> yeah, it sounds crazy, but it sounds awesome, and I can't yeah. wait for that. I, and it just I know a, a fifth issue would have padded things out more, but. I think it's a testament to Tynion as a writer that he's able to fit. Just think about, like, not just Batman and all the Robins and Alfred and all of the Gotham Knights characters, and they're all fighting and working together and having dialogue and fight scenes and emotional scenes, and it's all in 20 pages, and and (laughs) it's this giant, cohesive, amazing story, and it all really just works together. I think that's kind of amazing. It just it blows by so fast, and yeah. the the big dialogue sequence between both Tims again uh, while they're on the subway bat train, if you will, from the Batcave to the Bell Tower, I think has just played out really well. That 
Drake Batman is really trying to literally beat it into Red Robin. What a big mistake all this. You know, you don't even just let me do this thing. Your conscience can be clear. I'm going to save you from a world of pain. And is starting to make Tim at this point almost barely agree uh, with himself until he finally realizes that he says, you know, I can't do that. And Drake Batman realizes, okay, I'm just got to knock you out because you're going to end up foiling my plan. The thing that where the villain is almost hundred percent positive that I'm, I am saving the world by doing this. And I just thought that was a really cool, it's, it's a very dense section. I don't want to gloss over it at all, but I just, I really liked mm-hmm. this, this section and it, it reads really quick too. I know doing it just for the drama, I was wanting to spend time to make sure these beats uh, got hit properly. So, if you guys w- want to talk about that little section before we kind of get to the uh, final uh, part of this, uh, let's start with Terrence. Sure. The Gotham Knights scene, I love when Cass uh, says, uh, "No, together." Like together. it's just yeah. so short, but it's yeah. just so like like if I was watching, our work is so good there too. Yeah, yeah it's and so like beautiful. Asriel and the lights. I, if I was in the movie theater, this is where I'd jump up and be like, yes! And everyone yeah. would like, shut up and sit yeah. down. And I'd just be like, oh, <laughs> you know. And then uh, when Tim and future Tim are talking, it's so cool because it's like a game of chess because it's always like, you know, Tim is like, ah, oh, I followed you. And, and future Tim's like, that's what I wanted you to do. And then, you know, it's always like <laughs> back and forth. But um, we get a little bit more of that time effect on that page too, which is really cool. But I don't know if I, I just didn't notice this or they're drawn a little differently, but the subway cars remind me a lot of the flying car from the, from Batman and yes. Robin right yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah and was that in other books or I, I think uh, for some reason I feel like maybe in the first few books of Tinian's run when he introduced yeah. it he might have mentioned that he, he used tech from the flying car or something but I love that that callback because th- that's one of my all-time favorite Batman runs and I love that flying car so seeing that is is just pretty awesome and then the scenes you know back and forth with Tim and Tim it, it is it's it's like a chess match but I love it um, and it's it's really really intriguing because you're kind of like what does future Tim know why won't he tell them what is he trying to stop is he right you what know yeah. yeah it's not your typical villain who's trying to rob the bank or take over the world or do that like he's he's got a very specific agenda but it's like why and and you since you know it's tim drake you know it's got to have some kind of logical reason he didn't just get hit in the head with gamma beams or something or you know so it's it's really really engrossing and i like i i don't like it and i like it as a fan it's kind of frustrating that i don't get all my answers by the end of the book but i do as a fan (laughs) like that these answers are now playing out over the next year or so of issues it's just heartbreaking that tinian will not be on the book (laughs) for forever so if i'm sure it's going to wrap up completely with a bow and be perfect yeah (laughs) Yeah, Ryan. Ryan, what planet are you on again, bud? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, until Ryan, until Scott Lobel brings him back and has some book. Oh, yeah, like, you're off. Yeah. Oh, buddy, yeah. grab your crap and go. New fifty three. Get <laughs> exactly, out of here. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, Savior written by Rob Lo- Lobdell. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh my god. <laughs> no. Uh, so, what's cool about just to, uh, just to add to this? What's cool about this whole uh, confrontation in the middle of the book is that the Tim Drake Batman, it, it, it really does not feel like he is just a straight villain. We've talked about this uh, a lot in this conversation. But the thing that I think that this dialogue scene highlights to me is how well 
Tinian's writing is because it feels as if this Batman is Tim Drake. It's not just evil Batman with an agenda. Right. The writing sounds like Tim Drake to me. And, and, and I, that's hard for me to articulate, but just reading these panels, reading what this Tim Drake Batman has to say, I can see an older Tim Drake saying this stuff. The dialogue just works and it feels right in the conversation. And it's, very, and it's believable to me, the, the conversation they're having. It, it sounds like two different versions of a character um, having a conversation with himself. And I thought that was just very well done. Uh, looking at the the big confrontation where the knights are fighting, which is a beautiful splash page. I wish pages were numbered here, but it's the one with uh, Azrael, Batwoman, Clayface, and they're all in the Belfry and they're fighting all the drones and Batwings at the computer. But farther down where Drake, Batman and Batwoman are having their discussion and they finally get face to face. I just want to echo what you said about Tim. It feels like Tim where he says, no, Kate, you disappoint me. You disappoint everyone. I used to think so highly of you. And you know that I was the one who told you about Batman. You know, it's, it was Tim that brought Batwoman to the team. He's the one that told Bruce to know that this version yeah. of Tim saw his mistake or his potential uh, mistake was it, it does sound very much like the Tim Drake that we all know and love. But at the same time, like you said, it's, it is, but it's all, it almost kind of hurts to hear that you're one of your favorite characters is saying to another one that you disappointed me. It was my state, my mistake that made all of this possible. Um, it just was really cool. And then of course, uh, red Robin comes back in from being woken up. So we'll, we'll finish the end of this. I just kind of want to get your and that thought, go for it. Yeah, and that, and that's a great point, Rob, because reading that, th- this version of Tim Drake, especially the version that Tinian has been writing this whole time, you know, when, when he was in, quote, alive earlier in the, the run and now he's back, this is the Tim Drake that knows everything. This is the Tim Drake that's the smartest person in the room. And... To ha- and and you can feel that disappointment. And if you said, and if you told me what would have to happen to make Tim Drake go bad or be like this Batman, where he he feels like he has to just do do this and be bad. To me, it would have to stem from something that was his, that he felt was his fault. Something that he felt that he should have made the right choice. He should have been smart enough to do this or that, and it cost everyone everything and now he's in this situation so to me that was a very credible way to go about giving this tim drake batman this issue that is making him do everything that he's doing yeah terrence yeah if i was there in the top panel i'd be like a deadpool in the movie at the end where he's like he's gonna he's gonna do a superhero landing he's gonna do a superhero landing and then <laughs> Drake does yeah. an awesome superhero landing and it looks really cool I love the way the cape is and seeing like a Batman without the mask yeah. like he just doesn't care it's it's just really cool and the dialogue between future Tim and uh, Kate or Batwoman is so good because once again Tinian he just has everyone's voice and does everyone differently but true to character where Kate says so apparently I'm going to piss you off pretty bad in the near future. Like, that is so cool. And then <laughs> yeah. if you've read Batwoman, uh, the, the new run, the, the new 52 run, all those, all those Batwoman issues, what he says to her is so true. He says, it's the confidence in your voice, the way you hold yourself day to day. It hides that you have no idea what you're doing, no idea who you are, no idea how to shape your mission to help anyone but yourself. And that 
is that's Batwoman. Batwoman yeah. in a yeah. nutshell, yeah. And that that is like that's again like the villain is telling the truth. The villain is using the truth, and it's just like yeah, he's right. Take her down. And at reading this a second or third time after knowing what happens to Clayface, and then after knowing what happened, what she does in the future in Batman Eternal to. Uh, Bruce Wayne, you're like, yeah, just take her down, man. She's the villain. She's the villain. So <laughs> right. it's it's really just beautiful writing in that the more you read it, and when you go back and read it, you see different things. Each, uh, the more you're you rewarded, you, you, you yeah. learn. Yeah. So it's just so good. Yeah, yeah. We had talked about this scene of like, even as serious as all this is going on, you have all of, all the Robins rewaking up and uh, and Batman coming to, and they're all in their own personal bat planes, and they're going to take on the drones that are fighting the uh, the knights and uh, attacking the Belfry, which is kind of weird that they're blowing up their own base of operations. But inside of this, there are little moments of brotherly love, if you want to call it, between <laughs> between all of the Robins, where uh, Damien and Red Hood are going at each other, and Bruce has got to play the father, like, boys, focus. So in the, <laughs> in the drama, I uh, <laughs> even extended that just a little bit more, having Justin's <laughs> son play Damien. I was like, I've got to give that kid a couple more lines. So that I extended that just a little bit between Red Hood. But the whole thing... Um, you know, I was uh, pulling off equivalent stripes when I was still in diapers. So Red Hood's like, "Oh, so that was like a week ago then." Yeah. I thought it was just a nice little jab at Damien for all of us yeah. that are like, "We like the Drake here, so let's let's put Damien in his place." I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, I, I have a quick thing too. I forget which issue it was, but this seeing all the Robins work together with Batman makes me remember a, uh, the scene from earlier in the run in this in this uh, storyline where. It goes down the path of well, how did Tim Drake become Batman when, with all these other you know oh, yeah. possible successors to him, and it goes over. This is well, this is what happens to to Dick Grayson. This is what happens to Damien. This is what happens to to Red Hood. And the Damien one was the most interesting one to me because we've seen the future Damien, this you know premonition stuff, and for some somehow Tinian found a way to tie all that together and make it make sense and make it work for his story and all fit into like two pages. <laughs> yeah, that that was so, Damien yeah. from Batman 666, which is an yeah. easy title to remember, but yeah, that was so cool. Yeah. Oh, and that's that's a very Jeff Johns thing to do. So I don't know. I know that Tinian had some uh back and forth discussions with Jeff Johns about it, but I like to think that uh, Tinian thought that all on his own, like taking here's all of the Batman history and being able to pull it and line it up in a nice little, little few word balloons that you're going, oh, it makes sense. And Terrence and I talked previously about just how tragic Red Hood's story, yeah, it ends up being that he doesn't even get a chance to be Batman. He's missing an eye, missing a leg. That he and it fits so yeah. well into Jason Todd as a character too. About he's always getting. You know, the the wrong end of the deal. Uh, something Rob, I wanted to. Oh, can I, before you do that, I was just tell you it's it, that's an interesting point you brought up, and I never even thought about it. When Tinian was like first coming on the scene, it, he was like billed as like Scott Snyder's protege, and he was right. learning for Scott Snyder, and they they wrote like I think Gates of Gotham together, and they they wrote a bunch of stuff before he went on his own, and I've always felt like. Tinian's writing doesn't feel like Snyder's writing. I always gave him credit, like, yeah, right. you had this mentor, but you're not copying your mentor. But when you right. say that, his writing does feel a lot like Jeff Johns, in a good way, not right. like, oh, he's, he's ripping him off, but he takes, like, the best of Johns, and he's got that in, in 
as well. And so uh, I don't know where I'm going with that, but I just thought <laughs> well, it's like yeah, it's yeah. it's it's just it's like a blend of Jeff Johns and and Chuck Dixon that we yeah. we continually mention and and the and playing the long game like a Jeff Johns or even a Grant Morrison would do. Yeah. I, I see in a lot of a lot of Tinian's arcs that we've been reading. Now I don't know if you guys have picked up on this, but probably one of my favorite panels in every one of Tinian's issues, whether it's Barrows or Martinez that's drawing it is there is always a scene in usually every other third or fourth book of Batman and Tim Drake looking out the window together, whether it's a flashback after the nights mm. are just getting set up, or in this, or Batman being at the window by himself without Red Robin. So here we are again with two Tims looking out the window of what was supposed to be both of their futures, and it even says right here, this this building, this was our dream, Tim. It can still be our dream, and older Tim Drake is knowing it's not going to work. None of this is going to work. Just that image of Batman and Robin looking out the window as the series of Detective Comics has gone through, they're always at a different point in their lives, but it's always looking out this window of the bell tower, of what the bell tower represents, what each of the characters are representing, and it's literally crumbling around both of them. And one Tim is still very optimistic looking out the window, even in the shards of it, and the other Tim knows it's over. From this point moving forward, everything that young Tim thinks his future is going to hold is going to be dramatically different. So I don't know if I'm just reading into this and I'm getting all gushy, but the window scenes in every one of these books, now having read this and kind of seeing what's coming before means something different every time I read it. So uh, if you have anything to say on that section, by all means, or you can just say, hey, Rob, I, you're reading way too much, <laughs> too much no, into I, that. No, I, I think that this is one of those things that is going to pay even more dividends when this entire thing is collected and we yeah. reread the whole entire, all the arcs together, because a lot of scenes like this, I think, are going to start to, to be that much more impactful. Terrence? Yeah, I agree, and, and I wanted to even mention before that scene, there's a bit of dialogue that um, our Tim Drake, <laughs> you know, modern Tim Drake says, and it's so good, and it's, it's it, it goes beyond just the story. It's almost like a love letter to what Batman and Robin mean for the world. Like, if you've seen that movie where people talk about the inspiration that Batman's been to them and, and mm -hmm. how it's caused them to do good, and like the Bat Kid and everything, and, and what a hero Batman and Robin are... And I, I was thinking about how we recorded with uh, Sherlock the other day, and she was saying that when she was a kid, she made um, you had to pick who your hero was in elementary school, and she picked Batman. And it's like Batman's probably the better hero. And and I just wanted to read it real quick. It says Tim says, but I still remember what Batman and Robin meant to me before I was in this life, and I know what they mean to so many people in Gotham and around the world. They say that it doesn't matter who you are. You can stand up and make the world better. I don't think that life has to be lonely. That's a tie into the title. That was kind of right. cool, you know. I think that yeah. life can be whatever you make of it. You can bring the people in who lift you up and make you stronger. You can be a full person. And there, yeah. I mean, there's just so much in that one panel for like what yeah. Batman and Robin mean, what you can do with it, with your own life, how you can live your life. I mean, it's, it's just such great writing. Like that needs to be on like t-shirts or something, you know, <laughs> right. and, and be like an inspirational saying. Uh, and, and then, as you say, the, the scenes at the window, 
our great Tinian likes to do that a lot. It's it's usually contemplating the future or what's going to mm-hmm. happen. And what what blew me away here is future Tim Drake is like telling him like you know go go to college, hang on to Stephanie. It's all going to change oh so fast. And Tinian wasn't kidding because in just the next couple issues, <laughs> the you know what hits the fan and everything changes. And I'm like, man, future Batman or future Tim Drake Batman was right, you know. And I, this is the other cool, clever thing that I like that the title card is always at the end of the last page. Yeah. I don't, I don't know mm-hmm. why I liked that. Like we're, you know what the title is. We don't have to have the, the title splash page, but it's the final page where it's Batman flying around and Tim and the rest of the knights are just in the shattered ruins. Uh, Drake Batman's been pulled back to his time stream, and it says, "Tim, are, are you there? Is he gone? Is it over, Tim?" And that's. That's where the issue stops. And initially, when I first read that, I thought, man, there needs to be another beat. I'm kind of thinking like a lonely place right. of dying, like where you got everything wrapped up. And yes, Bruce, I'll, I'll listen to what you say. And I'm now kind of reading this multiple times. I'm like, I think that's the perfect ending for this story because the lead character doesn't know what's going on. He just literally has been to the other side of the universe and back to Gotham. And by the time he gets back, his world is completely flipped upside down. So I kind of want to get your final thoughts on this. And uh, I don't want to say prediction of where the future is going because I know Ryan hasn't read it yet, but just your thoughts on (laughs) this. And the final question, does this hold up and be worthy of having the lonely place of living attached to it? Let's start with uh, Ryan here. Man, so this this story is 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 pretty great, and it accomplishes a lot of things. I do think it is a kind of a nice companion piece to a lonely place of dying, but I think that's selling it a little bit too short. Mm-hmm. On one hand, a lonely place of dying shows us why Batman needs a Robin, but a lonely place of living, I think, does a pretty good job of showing us why Batman in the world needs Tim Drake, and. By the end of this, I think Tim Drake is in an interesting spot because he has all this information and he he thinks he's got everything figured out, but now he has to. I think he knows he's going to be tested on it uh, as as his life continues, and I think that's why. I mean, I think that that's a great callback to the title of the book, "A Lonely Place of Living." He he knows that a lot is yet to come, and he knows he's going to have to face it. But he has to be a better Tim Drake than the the version that he just dealt with. So uh, it doesn't wrap up in a nice bow. But and I have the same feeling that you did, Rob. But the more you think about it, the more I think it's a testament to Tim Drake as a character because he's always the eternal optimist and he's smart and he's a detective and I want him to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know. So yeah. So I, I thought it was a, a great arc. For Terrence. Sure. Yeah, I think it definitely uh, holds up to the worthy of be, worthy of the title. For one, you know, the lonely place of dying is what introduced us to Tim Drake and gave us Tim Drake, and lonely place of living kind of gives us Tim Drake back, the one that we wanted. And I don't really know of anyone who liked the new Fifty Two version better. Then the I know people who could tolerate it yeah. and were like, yeah, yeah oh, okay, yeah. You know, they didn't mind it, it okay. but no one, yeah. no one ever said, oh, this is a upgrade, this is better. And then the, there were other people who were just, you know, like this is a travesty. And I, <laughs> I was in that uh, category, and um, yeah. 
I wanted to ask you, Rob, that last bit of dialogue that I read about what Batman means and living. When you recorded that as Tim Drake, I, I know I did a much better reading than you did, so <laughs> yeah, I, I apologize I for making you look bad there. Thanks a lot. But, <laughs> yeah, but um, the, I've been practicing it for hours. That's why I was late to the podcast. I was like, I just, I just I <laughs> got to get that inflection Rob. right on. But uh, I, I wondered to you when you were recording that. Bit, did you have any kind of feelings or emotion? Or did did it hit you the same way it hit me? I, this will sound corny. It it choked me up initially as I as I read it the first time. But then I trying to trying to pull my thespianism out of me as yeah, from, <laughs> I, I can hear my my director Thespian. in high school, you know, saying you've got to live the character, you've got to breathe the character, you need to know who this character is and I'm like I, I grew up with this character I know what what Tim Drake means to me and I know what it is to be a bat fan so like reading those like I choked up just a little bit like being being in that moment I can just hear my director going that's good Rob that's good Rob you know I, I can hear her saying that back in high school but it it did I think anybody that loves any of these characters where you're a Hawkman fan or you're a Green Lantern fan or whatever that character is or a Red Robin fan you know what that character means to you and hearing it come from especially in the in a Batman context of how important I mean for people to go online and talk about hours about Dark Knight Rises and BVS and why people are upset about the way their characters getting treated or the good things that their characters doing it it means something to you hearing uh, Sherlock say yesterday, you know, pick your favorite hero, and then her being told, well, that's not real. These characters are as real mm -hmm. as, as you want them to be. Uh, these are characters that you're having a bad day at work or whatever. You just kind of want to get lost in some really good stories, and sometimes you find out that these fictional characters are having some of the same issues and same problems that, you are, that you're having. So it's, it's relatable in some kind of weird way of knowing, like, oh, I know it's a comic book, but it's... It's that I've heard somebody say it's like a comic book blanket. You can just kind of wrap it yourself up in, and you know it, you love it. So yeah, it it, it did hit me reading that, and uh, just just hearing you read it just kind of sent the the chills going up my arm. Of like, I think that's why this Detective Comics run is has been so good. And it's not just because Tim Drake was was in the story. It's just a well crafted series that I'm I'm sad yeah. for it to end, but it's going to be something I'm going to be able to pick up off the shelves and just reread over and over again so hopefully that I, I answered the question that yeah, you know that was good yeah <laughs> awesome yeah so uh that's it folks that's the end of the radio drama thank you for allowing us to take this gamble i know we're recording this before it's been out so i would imagine if the responses are good enough we will probably or bad enough we will probably have oh a stop stop you're doing all this false <laughs> modesty stuff you no, know no, it's no. good I, it's, it's, it's good. one of those like I'm, yeah I'm, I'm still i'm still too close to it to that once i can release it i think i can step away from it but i imagine we'll probably be talking about this for a little while and even you know kind of long after so i just want to say a big thank you to the 27 voices that you heard on this uh, it's absolutely crazy it's crazy it's insane yeah, rob 20, i mean the undertaking you've done is just ridiculous and you know i was pulling people from podcasts that i like these shows and maybe it's something you're not uh 
haven't heard yet, but there's a long credit section of everybody plugging all their shows. So go check out the shows as many as you can. There's some really cool people on this podcast. Um, a big thank you to Terrence and Ryan for lending your voices. And I want to say a big thank you to Batman on film for adding us to your podcast network and being able to have all you guys there. And a big, big thank you to Dustin that runs the BatmanUniverse.net for letting me come up with this crazy idea. And he didn't even blink. I said, I want to do this radio drama. And he's like, okay. I was like, don't you want to hear the rest of He's like, no, I'm good. (laughs) You can do it. So go. And and Dustin, from what I've heard, is a really good narrator. He's got like the really good reflection. Yeah, yeah. And so a a little, a little peek behind the curtain. I had Bill read most of chapter two. I wanted Bill to be the voice of the future. But I was like, sorry, Bill, the, uh, the voice of the future I'm giving you is a gun-wielding Batman that's going around murdering people. <laughs> so he's like, uh, I've been through my BVS phase. I'll, just, I'll be right there. So uh, Bill did a really good job. I know he was nervous about doing it, but his, his, his uh, narrator was, uh, was really done really well. I can't well. wait to listen to some of this. Yeah. Especially because of some of these. And that's the thing. A lot of us just reading these stories now get the chance to kind of you know, be some of these characters and it's going to be really interesting to listen to, to all of us kind of just playing the sandbox of, yeah. <laughs> of, uh, of an audio drama. It's going to be great. I, I, or, I mean, it was great. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> I, I did tell, uh, finished officially with the episode 71 that starts everything off. And I say in the beginning of that, that, Kind of when I'm reading my Batman comics now, I'm hearing Justin Kowalski's Batman voice uh, <laughs> yeah. just because I've been living with it for so long. So again, just a big thank you to everybody. Uh, and I sure- want to go ahead. I'm sorry, I cut you off. I thought you were stopping there. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> don't yeah. don't edit this out, Rob. I know Rob is very modest. He might edit out. I Ryan and I really had very little to do with the radio drama. I mean, I think I recorded my anarchy lines in maybe f- ten minutes or so. Yeah, each one yeah, a bunch of times was- and. Send it to Rob. I think Ryan did the same thing. I said thing no like 50 times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, Rob, no. <laughs> Rob has spent, I, I don't even know how many hours and hours and hours working on this, and it's totally free. It's, you know, like he, he's not charging people anything. He's not doing some kind of thing for it or here. It's just free for the world because he loves the character. So if you've, if, if you've appreciated this, if you liked it in any way, send, send Rob a text, send him an email, send, send, or 10 send, bucks. Yeah. <laughs> or $10. I don't yeah. get sued. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because at this point, when this airs, Rob is going to be hearing from DC Comics lawyers and uh, having you know <laughs> James Tinian in why. court and stuff. You know, <laughs> yeah. Rob will be in court with James Tinian. Like, before we go, can you sign these books for me? Like, you're on the other side. No, but uh, I, I don't. Yeah. I think it. I think as long as you're not charging and it's a fan based no, thing no. and it's fan fiction, they can't sue you. There's there's public, you know, um, fair fair copyright laws and stuff like that. But uh, get, send Rob some love. Tell him how much you loved it. Tell him, tell him what you liked, and send him some emails and some uh, tweets and what I don't know, Snapchats and or just uh, record audio pigeons. And crap. Yeah. No, no, no. You record audio, and we should, we could do a reaction show. You oh know, yeah, definitely. About. Yeah, let's yeah. let's do that. Uh, we haven't done this a whole lot on the show. I've been using the hashtag ELTD Theater for this whole time. So if and I have I put it in each of the episodes. Terrence and Ryan don't know this yet, but in each of the episodes, I'm saying <laughs> use the hashtag ELTD Theater uh, for questions and comments and, and Twitter and Facebook. So that'll be a lot easier to pull things uh, together. But if you want to record 
a little something, send it to me at Robin ELTD podcast at yahoo.com. And when we do our retrospective of the drama and everything like that, uh, we will put your questions and comments and just your thoughts of all this together. So your voice can be heard and I can do some more editing, but it'll be some, some fun editing to do. So if you want to do that, send that over. And then if you don't want to record a thing, at least put the hashtag ELTD on Twitter so we can kind of do a, uh, a review episode. So on the behalf and, of, oh, I was yeah, go going to say too. send Rob suggestions. <laughs> Every time you start talking, drama. I'm going to jump in. Yeah. Send, send Rob suggestions <laughs> for the next audio drama. Yeah, he'll be doing it from a padded cell inside Arkham Asylum because of <laughs> this is driving crazy, but I yes. have a hundred likes for no man's land. Are you killing? Yeah. Me? <laughs> New 52 teen Titans. Oh no. my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> the narrator will be Scott Lobdell there. I'm getting you yeah. all back <laughs> on the behalf of Terrence and Ryan. This is, been your uh, Tim Drake Robin signing off saying we will see you guys on the next episode take care thanks for listening to Robin everyone loves the Drake podcast this has been brought to you by the batmanuniverse.net Tim Drake, Robin, and all Batman-related characters are under copyright of DC Comics. This podcast is solely for entertainment purposes, so no infringement is intended by this show. This show is not a good revenue stream. Actually, there's not a stream at all. All music and sound clips are under copyright by their respected copyright holders. So there should be no need to send the Penguin's lawyers after us for ill-gotten gains because there are none. You can get a hold of the show a few different ways. We are on Twitter at ELTD Podcast. You can also email in at Robin ELTD Podcast at Yahoo.com. Our Facebook page can be found at www.facebook.com slash everyone loves the Drake. And as always, you can message directly over at the BatmanUniverse.net. So email, tweet, or message us. We'd love to hear from you. And we'll read your comments or responses on the show. The show you're listening to can be found a few different ways through iTunes and Windows Media. Also, over at our host, TBU. Leave us a review on iTunes if you listen there. It'll help spread the word of the show. Make sure you head over to the BatmanUniverse.net, your home for all things Batman and Robin. Thanks for listening to the show and hearing why everyone loves the Drake. We'll see you in a few weeks. Take care.